The following program is intended for mature audiences. Warmest aloha, sir. Hey, Holly. Hi. Holly to you, too. He's so Holly, he doesn't even know he's Holly. I'm tempted to say menehune. Like Hawaiian leprechauns. <laughs> or chipmunks or something. What's wrong with that turtle? He has lung problems because he smoked too much turtle weed, which is bad for you, right, Ola? Hawaii has a big future. I, I, I want to become a part of it. I know every angel of these islands. I'm like a good tourist guy. What we're about to say. See, we're on a mission. Trying to find a way. If you and me make a guarantee.
had a massive heart attack. The weight and just depression, but he was real depressed. I, I was on the same course he was going, and he know that too. And that's why he came back and told me that day. Because he did come back, he told me that day. Because, you know, don't no, no be scared. These people here for help you, man. It's kind of like telling me if, if he had them, he would still be here. I still believe that if he called me, he'd be alive. Because he died of a broken heart, bro. Podcasting Pono in the 808. I'm Wade the Paul Man Fishman, and today we have special guest Kimi Onakane. And we're here for a very important reason because I'm going to be talking about TMT and Mauna Kea. Right? We just came in to um, Israel, 78. You want to go over, Kimi kind of what that song represents to you? It's a powerful song. It, it really talks and speaks to our struggle yeah. as a Hawaiian people. Um, change, which is good and sometimes not always good, mm-hmm. um, but definitely just speaks to the heart of our people at that time. Yeah, uh, and still has a lot of relevance to our continual challenges. I mean, Israel back then even was seeing the change. Yeah, and uh, it's something that's been continuous, just continuous change. And uh, I'm kind of feeling that the Hawaiians are having less less representation right as it continues and i think that's the discussion we're going to start getting into today is um why it's all come to a head here now because people are sometimes kind of acting as if oh why are the hawaiians doing this now right it's the hawaiians have not just started this this has been something that's been going on since 1893 right since the overtake of the islands correct so before we actually get into TMT, can we actually kind of discuss what happened back in 1893 and the annexation of Hawaii to uh, America, 
a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, and just at that time, um, Hawaii was was overthrown. I mean, our, our monarchy was overthrown. Our queen, who was the last reigning monarch, Queen Lili Okalani, you know, was had to make a very difficult decision. She was faced with the United States. Yeah, and she was peaceful about it because, very, I mean, she didn't have to be peaceful. Right. And she made a decision with her newfound faith in everything, right, that this is going to be resolved, and I know it's going to be resolved peacefully. Right. It's just the Christians... Was that, and Kinda. it was a matter of not, not spilling Hawaiian blood over this. Correct. Yeah. There was a, there was, that there is a dignity in that that she did not want to see Hawaiian blood spilt. Yeah, and ever since then, I mean, the process from 1893 all the way to what was it, 1959, kind of Hawaii was in a process of like, where are we? Right. What are we doing? Identity struggle. Yeah, identity struggle. And the thing is, is back in like the 18, 1893, there was so many treaties made with the Queen and all these other countries. And Correct. then the United States comes in and says, we're going to hold you by gunpoint mm-hmm. and we're just going to take over the, the islands. Right. That's, Pretty, that's the gist of it. And ever since then, it's technically been in an illegal overthrow. Correct. I mean, and I think that's why today a lot of the Kanaka Maoli, they, they kind of just sit there and go, you know what, this is a fake state. Right. It still is because we're still fighting for our sovereignty. Right. So before we get into TNT, how do you feel about the idea that, yes, we're the 50th state, but do you think there's any chance ever in your lifetime that we can possibly just become a territory again and have a king and queen again? That's a very... Very interesting question. Yeah, um, I, you know we've had maybe we maybe about we it. maybe we'd be protected by the United States, but right. Hawaii would have its own sovereignty, and we'd still only be a territory like Samoa. Right. What do you think? I think it would challenge the progressive mindset that yeah. Hawaii has become. Um, yeah. And whether or not we can or would be willing to continue that. Yeah. You know this this path that we've been on for the last how many centuries now? So. I mean, do you think? I mean, do you see? I don't see this being. Uh, the way it's going right now, I see the culture just eventually just being ripped away and yeah, dying I, out. I think it, if you guys don't get control of what's going on right now, right? And I think that's what really calls people to take ownership again, yeah. you know, and be upfront about it and be vocal about it and really yeah. take a place in in time now. Yeah, you know, where at one point many things culturally sound were just needing to be done underground yeah. and now it can come to the forefront which is what i think has really spawned um out of these conflicts and out of these these identity crisis crises yeah yeah now i mean again before we get into all this um my question to you is when do the hawaiians decide they're going to be peaceful about all this because they've they have been a warring culture they can just go ahead and say you know what we're not going to be peaceful about this. Right. Who's making, is it the Kapunas that are making the decision over everyone? Because I know the younger ones, they may want to, I don't know, maybe they want to get a little in your face. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Kapunas are saying, no, we're going to do it with Aloha and we're going to do it in peace. Right. Like, do you think there's a point where you think it could become a violent situation? Or do you think they're going to do their best to respect the Kapuna and keep it peaceful? I, I truly believe that for every individual, it's slightly different, and it's dependent on their connection to the belief system yeah. you know, of culture and value. Okay, so how, so explain that a little bit. Like, I, I'm sure you've greeted some people who, you know what, peace isn't working anymore. Right. We have to do something. Right. How do people, how do the peaceful people keep those people in line? <laughs> 
right? Yeah, because it, it, that's a that's a very good question, and and part of it really stems from just how do we truly show the world the essence of who we are as a people, as a beautiful right. indigenous people. Yeah, and that comes through the values like aloha, right? Which it, it's been you know it's been a commodity for so many years yeah. now, but I find that people who hold true to its meaning, it it can. It can do wonderful things. Yeah, yeah. Now, this thing I've been hearing lately, maybe it's only been since this whole Mauna Kea event's been going on, but Kapu Aloha, is that yeah. not to show aloha? Kapu Aloha is, is to truly invoke all things aloha, right? Oh, to, okay, to, so it's opposite of what I thought. Yeah, it's, okay. uh, it's not a negative thing, but it just okay. means that we are only going to live in aloha. Okay. So Kapu meaning that it's, you know, we treat things sacredly, so we're going to perform we're going to act we're going to speak we're going to behave with true understanding and competency okay and, and fully immersing ourselves in aloha because thursday this thursday um they're going to actually today they were supposed to be going down all the all the all the all the kanaka that are for the tmt right we're going to be down there at this uh, at the state house or whatever and then obviously you see the mauna kea group that said let's go down there with Kapu Aloha. Correct. Is that to show the ultimate aloha, even though that they don't agree with you? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. You know, in Hawaiian culture, there's a, a statement or a phrase that we refer to, which is makavalu, and it's to see things from many different perspectives. Okay. And so, you know, even in opposition or even in different mindsets or ideas, Kapu Aloha still has to be supreme. It still has to reign supreme as the ultimate okay. being, right? As as how we're going to progressively move ourselves forward. Okay. Now, that term, this isn't new. This term has been around for a long time, but why are we only starting to hear it a little bit now since then? Is it because you have a group of Hawaiians that are for it and a group that are not for it? Or what, what's going on? Because I, I, think, I haven't heard this. I haven't heard this term before. Yeah, I think, I think recognizing that this is not just about a mountain, okay. that it's so much deeper, it impacts the global scale of things mm -hmm. as far as interpretations and perspectives on indigenous culture. Okay. Um, and I also think that there's a resurgence of Kanaka who are reconnecting to their identity. The Aina, their land. Now, yeah. Right. And, you know, there, there was a, maybe not a, a large group of, of the population um, in, in the last generation that, that stood by that. But I think now we're really starting to reconnect ourselves to that. And mm. part of aloha or kapu aloha really stems from our reconnecting to our kupuna and, and deeper, you know, yeah, and really understanding yeah. that our culture is built around that building block. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to get into it. So for those who don't follow news in Hawaii or news in general, can you please fill everybody in on what TMT is, which is the 30 meter telescope? What is it all about? Where did it come from? Why did you know? Let's just talk about a little bit about that first, right? Uh, so TMT is exactly uh, as you mentioned. It's a thirty-meter telescope. So yeah. it, it is a huge. It's the biggest. It's going to be the biggest in the world. Isn't it will it? be. Okay. It will be in size and diameter, and and that's just the the first lens. You know, there's three lenses on. It's crazy. Right. I, I saw the whole thing of it. It's yeah. it's enormous. It is huge. It's and, huge. And it will. You know, take right up a, now, it's going to take up a huge footprint up there. Very huge. Yeah. You know, I think estimates are at about, what, six football fields yeah. in length yeah. or, or in size. It's and insane. It's going to essentially be 18 stories, you know, and that's that's upwards. And so if you think about what it's going to need to look like going downwards into yeah. 
the most sacred mountain in Hawaiian culture, that's that's an issue. Well, yeah, because you're literally going to be at the bottom of, of Mauna, and you're going to be looking up, and it's going to be an eyesore. You're going to see this huge 18-story thing sticking Absolutely. out of the top of the mountain. Absolutely. And visually, that's a problem for the Kanaga. I mean, it, it, on top of the, the, the idea that it's going to be desecrating the land up there. Absolutely. But there's already 13 up there, isn't there? Yeah. What is going on? Are they all still being used? Are they? I mean, couldn't they just take it, the new one and, and remove the ones that they're not using and put 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 that one there? I think that's I mean, part of the you know I think that's part of the concern and the argument right now is just why another spot? Why more land? You know why does this have to go to a different space where these other thirteen telescopes exist currently? Yeah. Then there's a lot of conversation that go backwards about mismanagement and who are the people who are stewards of the the land and right. they did not do their part to fulfill their commitments to yeah. managing the land well. Yeah. Right. Where telescopes were built and telescopes were supposed to be, you know, dismantled, but that did not happen. So yeah, interesting, man. Yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on, and well, I mean, considering. What would be the positive to the completion of this project, though? I mean, there's got to be some positives. I, I mean, I, not not to the Hawaiian people, but to the world. Right. You know, I, I think the way that the 30-meter telescope operates, it will, it will really pioneer a new realm of astronomy. Yeah. And, and studying, you know, this space. And, and that's going to set a precedence. And, and it already has in terms of what this 30-meter... 30 meter telescope will yeah. be able to see wouldn't the world look at hawaii and say whoa look at this i mean in a way i can uh, we'll go into the whole entire spiritual yep. and and desecration and and culture behind it but for hawaii is it going to be beneficial to the hawaiians as well or is that another problem that we're going to have is like what are the hawaiians benefiting from them from okay so we'll get into that okay so why was Mauna Kea chosen as a location for this telescope? Is it because it's the highest place on Earth and this is the best place to put, put, put one? Well, you know, the, the understanding I have about the whole site being the most optimal is, yes, its elevation is up there. It's 13,800 feet. Yeah. You know, and that's... I mean, from the, sea, from the bottom of the ocean, it's the tallest place on Earth. Correct. Yeah. And so it sits high up there. Um, at the same light, you know, there's a lot of just clarity up there the, the skies are just so incredibly i've been clear. up there it's amazing right it's you, amazing you just you have nothing that will impede you know what will be yeah. what will be seen right. and you know with with hawaii island having not exactly the the large boom in population you know there's a lot less noise uh, not noise pollution but light pollution, light pollution so a lot yeah. of things really add up as far as being an optimal site yeah um why do you think i mean other i mean you know that they had they had chosen another place Correct. i mean just now the only reason why they had chosen this other place i think is because just in case something like this is happening right right now. right but for hawaii this it's be there's reasons why they want it here it's money Absolutely. It, you're talking billions of dollars. You're Absolutely. talking about countries from all over the world contributing to it. But then you have these countries supporting the Hawaiians to not have it up there. Right. So it's like the governments want it, the colleges and all the universities that are funding it, but the people of those places don't want it for the Hawaiians. Right, right. And that, that's where yeah. there's a lot of conflict. You know, there right. is a huge market in astronomy and, and science as a whole. And, and that's 
what I think a lot of people have misunderstandings about that they feel that the Hawaiian culture or Hawaiian people right now are standing against science, which is not the case. You know, Hawaiian yeah. people and historically are scientists. They were astronomers. They studied the stars. Stars so, to get to Hawaii. Correct. And yeah, so, so that, yeah. that misconception that we're against science or that Hawaiians don't want to see science progress, that's, that's a misconception that I think is really going out there that people are recognizing as untrue now. Yeah, that more right. facts and more, you know, more stories are being shared about connection yeah. to science. I mean, I'm thinking that there, this, 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 this is a problem that they had a long time ago. This is just the buildup of where they are now. They go, oh, here's like another jab in the heart. Right. It's just like, when is this going to end? And because this is going to be the biggest of them all up there, they've just decided, you know, we've had it. Like, you guys have had it. Yeah. And we're going to make a stand here, and we're going to and, and we're gonna have our voices heard. Correct. And there's going to be some kind of an agreement, because literally, you have a government that is not even, it's from the mainland, you yes. know, and then you have the Supreme Court making decisions. And I think in many ways, the Hawaiians are looking at it, and they're saying, these people... They don't even have the rights or the laws here because these islands were, you know, taken illegally. Correct. So we don't even look at these laws that and, and these groups that are putting these things in. We're not being heard. Right. And I think that's a huge problem here. Absolutely. It makes it very difficult for people who have that mindset of this illegal occupation yeah. to, to trust, you know, and even to just... Work through they trusted the before. There's, there's and no point screwed. to that. Correct. Right. So now they just feel like uh, just now they made a 60, uh, the, the mayor of uh, Big Island made a 60-day monitorium that right. they're not going right. to do anything for 60 days as long as the Hawaiians pick up their shit and go. Correct. Well, tell us about why some of them are very skeptical about that. Well, I mean, the truth <laughs> is with that with that whole conflict, we we as a Lahui, a group of Hawaiians, a, a we're not going to leave the mountain. No, you're not. It's your, it's your mountain. Period. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, there's in good faith this trust built between the residents of, of you know, Hawaii Island and Mr. Kim, who is the mayor of Hawaii County, that's a, that's a slippery slope. And I don't think Hawaiians are right now ready to take that, right. that extra step in faith, knowing that yeah. we've come so far and and always end up on the short side of the stick, right? Now, why do you think Ige is putting this off on this guy? <laughs> I think it's friggin' bullshit. I. It sounds like a real cowardly thing of getting around. Yeah. I know you can. Maybe you don't want to. I'm gonna say what I'm gonna <laughs> say. You don't have to say it. But I mean, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, oh I'm gonna let him do it. He'll take yeah, care it, of it. Yeah, there's a lot of different perspectives that one can think of, and and even for myself, I've reflected on several. One yeah. of them being that. He is recognizing that he might not be the best qualified person to make the decisions Ige. for that community. Correct. No, he's not. You know, and I think he's he's maybe understanding that and seeing that maybe his disconnect to those to the people to that community itself right, right. is best left up to Kim. You know, Mayor Kim, who who is from there, resides there, knows these people well, yeah. understands that culture and community a little bit more. And then other people, you know, there might be another perspective just saying that, yeah, he's backing out of this, recognizing that it's it's a it's a rising up of people yeah. against him specifically. Right. But now that Ige did that and gave right. the control to Kim, we have a 60-day moratorium. I don't think yeah. Ige likes that. I, you're right. I, Once I if think it goes to 120 days, 180 days, and then, and then Ige's like, oh, whoa, I didn't want you to be doing this. Right. <laughs> and and it, it might just, you know, it, it might just be his, his bowing out to that whole yeah. concept. and. Who knows what's going on, you know, on, on that level. No, I mean, Kim seems like a legit guy. 
he's an older man. He's an older, older guy, and he, and he says, listen, I have to build my damn trust with these guys. Yeah. So if he's going to do that, and he's going to make every effort to try to do that, what happens if he's backstabbed? Right. And then his word is shit now. Correct. And I think that's one of the biggest issues is that credibility. Yeah, you know. but it's a shame that if if his credit if if he really want let's say he we don't know what he really wants to do right. but let's say he does let's say he does want to do this he wants peace but then somebody behind his back goes behind his back and next thing you know this this, this truck's going up there right and then he's lost he's lost his shot he's done no one's gonna trust him ever again correct you know so what are you stuck with you're stuck with a big mess <laughs> <laughs> and and a repeating of this this process of manipulating the, the system and yeah. and leaving the Hawaiians out of the conversation. Uh, right, out of the conversation. You know, exactly. and, and in the end, that's that's going to hurt. I think both sides will hurt at that point. Yeah, you know, I do. I do, I agree. Okay, so let's get into some personal stuff with you. If you could just sure. quickly go over the sharing of your background, where you were born, where you came from, your family, things like sure. that, just so, so people can have an idea about you personally. Okay. So I am born right here on Oahu. Uh, I'm a resident full-time. My whole life has been spent here in Hawaii. Uh, I live in Waimanalo. Uh, my family is is many generations back as mm -hmm. far as Hawaiian culture. Um, you know, my grandfather's side is goes back several decades um, and several generations out in the Nanakuli area mm -hmm. as a Kahawai family. Mm -hmm. um, Hanaid by the Kane family, which is kind of where I, we stem from. Mm -hmm. My grandmother's family is of the Mokumayas. So, you know, we're talking real... 1800 mm, right kind on. of Hawaiian. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I live and breathe Hawaii and Hawaiian flows through my body. And what is, so what is your take on the project personally? Like, what is your personal feeling of it? Like, what do you want to see become of it? And what will you do to ensure this or that? Okay. Yeah. My, my personal take on the project itself is, has many layers to it. I, I personally okay. feel that had we gone ahead and or had had tmt gone ahead and just recommissioned on platforms that already existed there might not be this whole issue i agree you know and i yeah. think that that could have been a solution why do you think this may become a solution or do you not think, with the no. size i don't okay, think that no. the size of this telescope will fit anywhere else there's gonna okay. have to be additional breaking of land and that's uh, kind of what the whole essence of this this yeah. fight is about like stop doing that right yeah. um so I, I personally feel like that and that's just a greed thing, in my opinion. That's just people wanting to be the biggest and the best, and that's where the money flows, and here, we're going to do it, whether people like it or not. So I personally feel like that was done wrong. In the process in the beginning, how many years ago has this been kind of working its oh, way through? this has through? been over a decade. So it's been a long time. Yeah. At any time, do they bring the Kapunas and the Hawaiians in and really say, okay, let's try to work with you? I, I want to say that there was conversations. Yeah. I don't, you know, I was never in any of those conversations. Okay. Um, being that that come that happened on a on a different island than I live on. Yeah. Um, and my realities of the whole project didn't come through until about 2015 when that first quote with, unquote with conflict the, took yeah, place up right, on the mountain. Right. And um, that's where I got very familiar with the project and what it was gonna be doing yeah you know and so but prior to that just like i'm sure many communities and community members and people across the world there was very little conversation about well it's kind of like what's going on in waimanalo right Absolutely. now there was very little conversation before the trees started going down correct 
which is talk about that for a moment because see what we're trying to build here is we're trying to for the audience we're trying to build the fact that this is not just happening on Mauna Kea correct this is happening in different places all around the island and at some point it's probably going to happen in Waianae and Nalakuli somebody's going to tear some shit down and before you know it you're going to have new condos you're going to have this or that right and this is a problem right and I think that's that's the that's I love the fact that you bring that up because yeah. that is systemically the issue. It, I agree. You know, and that's people Mauna think Kea. it's yeah. People just think it's Mauna Kea. No, people not think, at all. Oh, they're just showing up now. Oh, you know, they're doing this. They're doing that. They're coming up. Oh, there's going to be a nuclear thing. Like that. I don't know who's putting around that shit, but that stuff's not happening. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is this is. Ha- been happening in different ways in different places around the islands and overall the hawaiians are not only fighting for hawaiians they're fighting for everybody that lives here right we all don't want this shit right and and we're fighting on a bigger scale for places that have literally been erased talk about it. can you map, talk about you any know? of those things well yeah I, you talk know, about this, some places that have been erased sh- when we think about sherwoods as a whole for example right yeah. now this Doesn't is the hori bat isn't the hori bat over there there are Okay. Hoary bats. There are they're protected species. They are. You know, and, and that's, that's yeah. Okay, go ahead. Talk but, about it. But you know, I think what what this highlights on the bigger picture is just like I said, that process of disengaged people, people not being involved in the conversations, and people taking opportunistic, you know, opportunistic shots and jabs at taking over these places yeah. and then next thing you know there's a, a high rise there or they concrete over mm-hmm. what used to be an Hawaii or a spring right and those places are are being wiped off the map as far yeah. as its relevance to culture its importance to culture and and that should never be the case and no. unfortunately there's been there's so many examples of that that happens in so many different communities and the issue until we start to look at that whole system and process is going to continue. And that's why right. I think Mauna Kea is a catalyst to really give people a perspective that's much bigger than anything else. That's the biggest thing going on here right, right now. now. So let's talk about the little thing that's going on, which is Waimanalo. You're part of the Waimanalo board now. Yes. And you've gotten what position now? I'm the chair. <laughs> Congratulations, Kimiona. Thank you, thank you. It's good having you in that position. Thank you. <laughs> now that you're the chair... What is going on right now in Waimanalo, Shearwoods? Because everybody that I know, everybody that listens to this show, everybody that has been to Hawaii, they love Shearwoods. And some of them don't even know what's going on because they haven't been here for a couple of years. Right. What's happening over there and why is this happening? Well, you know, there's a lot of, like everything else, there's a lot of different things that come into this conversation. Yeah. Right now, the project is on halt. Now, okay. what determined this project halt? After everything was burned? <laughs> yes. You know, essentially, <laughs> that's what was we burned. were told. The equipment was burned. We were told that, and this came this came from, you know, a, a, a city rep who is a project on the project and basically just said that the contractors are not, they don't feel safe in our community, okay. which, unfortunately, people have pointed the finger at the community saying that we are, you know, that issue. And So those are the ones that are violent. Or, in a way, decided to take things into the hands like vigilantes. Whom, whomever. Whoever it was. Whoever it was. Right. right. So that's what we were kind of talking about at the beginning of the Kapuna was going, let's do this peacefully. And then you have some who have just kind of went to level 10. Right. And their anger is so high that they decided to take things in their own hands. Right. Now, let's be honest, Kamiona. If they didn't take it into their own hands, this project would be going on right now. Very possibly. I think it would be better off going. I think, I think more than likely it would be going on right now. Right. But they have decided to take it into their own hands, destroy the equipment, and now the project's on hold. And it gives you guys time to discuss, to talk, and to come to some more of an agreement on what's going on right now. So for me personally, I'm not going to say that that was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So where are you right now with that project? It's just on hold and no one's talking? 
It is on hold. I believe there's conversations taking place. Um, I think for the community, it was just a matter of recognizing that listen that to frustration. us. Yeah. Listen to us. You, you, this thing was passed. I know it's been going on. It's been like it's been in the works for like how many years? So over a, few, a decade. Okay, over a decade. Yep. But the money wasn't there. Correct. Now the money's there. They need to spend it. Boom! It's going on. Correct. It's not like they went ahead and said, oh, we got that money. Let's sit down and talk to the community and let them know we have that money now. Right. What do you guys think? Let's talk about this. No, it was none of that. There, You know, there's there's truth in that. And then there's some, you know, misunderstandings in that concept as well. What, there what is there that? may have been conversations. There were conversations that are documented and, okay. and that existed. I think people really struggled with, well... Was that a community thing or was that a group of just individuals? And that's where there was a lot of conflict and understanding. I think what right now where the project sits is that it's it's completely on halt. Yeah. You know, and um, we certainly as a community don't want people to think, feel that we are not safe. This type of people. Right. That's not truly who we are. And, you know, we've really um, are trying to work to, I guess, clearing our names in that sense. Because, you the finger's been pointed at the community, and, and that's not a fair thing as well. But, but the decade thing. Yes. Okay, it's been a long time. Damn it. In, in that period of time, things change a lot. Absolutely. Traffic changes. Population, Population changes. Population changes. All these things change. And, 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 and if you're going through Waimanalo on weekends right now, today, it's a hellhole. Right. So... Everybody's flocking to Waimanalo on the weekends. Now you're going to have a new park. You're going to have all these people coming from Kailua, Kaneohe. Dude, it, it, it Waimanalo cannot handle it. It Waimanalo the question yeah. of, of a, bigger, you know, a bigger question. How does it serve the community? Just like how does this project serve the, Hawaii, the Hawaiian people? Right. You know, and this Mauna Kea project, how will it serve the Hawaiian people? Yeah. And I think that's just progressively what we're seeing and, and we're... I think as a group of people, as a Hawaiian people, as a state, you know, yeah. of even of people who are not of Hawaiian blood, I think it's becoming more and more real that these processes are taking place. And until we decide to get involved in the conversations and make ourselves present, yeah. they're going to continue. I so, agree. I agree. So let's take a break right now. We're going to come back and uh, we're going to just be focused on TMT and uh, Mauna Kea and we'll go from there. All right. Hey, how's it? And welcome to the Aloha Life podcast. You're listening to us because we have great patrons who have joined our Patreon page and have become members of the podcast by supporting and donating to our show. Without our patrons like you, we wouldn't be on the air. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to hear more shows every week, please do take a moment to join us and become a patron of our podcast at patreon.com forward slash living the Aloha Life. And thank you so much for your support.
places on earth, an 808 cleanup intends on keeping it that way. The 501c3 environmental nonprofit's main mission is restoring Hawaii's natural beauty for its local community and visitors. 808 cleanup empowers volunteers to conduct decentralized cleanups through the Adopt-A-Site campaign, responding to littering and vandalism of Hawaii's natural spaces, tagging and graffiti removal, saving Hawaii's indigenous ecosystem, and building sustainable solutions with local communities and nonprofit partners. If you love Hawaii and wish for its beauty to remain for generations to come, consider donating to a great cause and supporting 808 Cleanup's mission to keep Hawaii clean from Mauka to Makai at 808cleanups.org. All right, that was Mark Kealihi Ho'omalu. Did I get that right? Almost. Kealihi Ho'omalu. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, his chants are amazing. Okay, so... Did you show your support for protecting Mauna Kea? And if so, how? Like, talk about, uh, you went there last time, you went there recently. Correct. Talk about the experiences of all that. So, I was up on the Mauna back in 2015, I think, when, when the initial conflicts took place, when the initial work started to be very visible and the Lahui was brought together. Um, and that was a very... Now, did they know it was starting, or did they just notice some trucks, a lot of trucks going up, and they're like, "What is going on here?" I think both. Okay. You know, I think there was uh, an understanding similar to this last or most recent week, where we knew the project was supposed to start on this date, and then the reality of seeing big trucks come up or Something's roads up. being closed. You know, that was a okay. We need to act on that. Right. right? Okay. Um, and so that was a really interesting experience it was a very powerful experience okay this most recent visit i I took a few days before getting involved on it and and it was a personal decision that i was working through myself because i really wanted to help people that were connected to me to understand that these issues happen in every community yeah and we need to stop that so Mm -hmm. yes the highlight is mauna kea 
and what's happening there. But the problem is not just there. And it's, so it's lots of places. It is. It's many. And and helping people recognize those things here on Oahu to me was important. In my own community, it was right, important. Right. And so we didn't initially react to going or in the sense of going. Um, on Wednesday, however, as we're driving to a cleanup, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to stay as engaged as possible. And we're following the news coverage. And of course, just watching our, our kupuna, our elders... Getting arrested. Being arrested. It, it, was, it was not disrespectful in, in the sense of how they were handled. I think that it was handled so much more differently than the initial conflict mm-hmm. back You mean in 2015? Years. Correct. Yeah. You know, and that was a much more emotionally driven... This, this, this was done... I feel like it was done with the most utmost respect for both sides. And I, well, I heard in 2015, some of the DLNR and Ducare officers walked away. Because they felt that the other ones were not treating the Kapuna the right way. And then this time, it's been a lot different because lot different. they don't want their own officers turning. Because that then it starts to get ugly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're, you're fine. I, I think it's, yeah, it was just such a different feel. And, um, and yet at the same time, it was hurtful. It, it hurt us. And in, in my mom and I, we were talking about it and, and watching this. But it hurt us in our na'au. And your na'au is, is like your inner sense, your gut. Right, and um, what's your pu'uva, your heart? Your pu'uva is your heart, okay. correct? And okay. your na'au is is your your gut. That's your okay. gut check. What is your soul? soul. Um, all is of that, that. That's your soul. Yeah, it's all of it together, right? Okay. okay. Um, and so it it took us back where we had to really stop, reflect. We cried because yeah. it's a very emotional thing, and and then you kind of recognize like this is real life. It's happening. We have elders of our community being arrested for taking a stand. Yeah. For our community, why for the, our people. Why have the Kapunas decided to put themselves on the front line to do that? Like, why is it not? Like, is, mm. it, is, is, there, is there like a, a level whereas the Kapunas choose to get arrested because they need the, the younger to continue this fight? And why is it not the young getting arrested? And then the, like, uh, there's got to be a reason why it's set up that way. Yeah, is it a decision I, I don't by the know if there's, a, if there's a specific reason. I think each individual person that sat on that line or made a decision to be arrested, made a decision to be chained to the cattle guard. I think they, but they were made all a, the elders. They made a personal it's decision. Right. And and I think that's what inspires to me, inspired myself. Inspired, that effect, I think that affects everybody. Absolutely. More, to see I mean, the elders being arrested. If it doesn't hit you in your heart, in your soul, in your gut, something's something's not happening there. Right, right. right. And I think for me that's what really, like I said, inspired me. When we have these kupuna who essentially are the ones we look to, making a right. stand, taking a stand and making a difference, making a choice, a conscious choice to say, I will not back down from this. That just inspires so much more. And seeing that unfold and, and the emotions that ran through both sides at that point in time, it it was a state of shock almost. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And then immediately it was a matter of me booking a flight and saying, I'm going. I need to be there be because there. if... Our kupuna, our elders can stand on this front line and hold that line. There's no excuse for me yeah. not now, to be able to. Now, I had seen somewhere they're sitting in chairs, but then I had seen some kapuna where they're literally laying on the asphalt right. face down. Right. That's that was just the, crazy. That was the initial first few days, you yeah. know, where... Did they remove him? Or did he at some point just get up because they left him alone because they didn't want to start a thing, anything going on? I don't know what happened with that guy. Yeah, you know, I think it was a combination of, of a lot of things. I yeah. think it was a recognition that 
I'm here. I'm not going to be moved. Yeah. You will have to remove me. Yeah. Right. And and there were several people that chained themselves to that category, yeah. and they braved. Now, on Mauna Kea, it is not warm. It's cold. It's not there. lovely. It's you know, it <laughs> can get into the 30s weather, even. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty hot, uh, cold, and so I heard that there was like like a little snow shower, like the other and, I this time of year. I bet that's crazy. But they they made a like I said a, a conscious choice yeah. to stand to stand firm and to to stand pa'a, you know, and and that's inspiring people. And so I think after that initial thing, it was very clear that we were not going to be moved. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I don't know the details of what took place in those first few days as far as if these kupuna recognize, okay, now we can take a stand differently. And I think that's yeah. all a part of what we focus on when we talk about kapu aloha. Okay. Right? It's like, okay, I, I've taken this action and I'm saying I will not go and I can do it as well in this capacity of just holding space. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It makes sense. Right. Um, now, does your stance on this project in any way reflect on your views of science or is it strictly about Aloha Aina and your passion for protecting one of the most sacred sites in Hawaii? Because for me personally, I love science. I I'm sure you love science too. Yes. So, well, like, what is your views on that? Like, how do you make, like, what is it? Is it like, well, this is culture, this is sacredness, and this is science over here. Right. Like, how do you... Decide yeah. all that. You know, I, I think for me, recognizing that first and foremost, as a Hawaiian people, we are scientists. We were scientists then, we are scientists now. There's many, many examples of how Hawaiians understood the the biology and things and how they understood the stars how they understood just how things work and so yeah. there's no question in my mind about me feeling like this is like I'm against science because yeah, that's not that's not what it. it's about right it's, it's not, not about that. why and that's why don't exp explain that because the ignorance is unbelievable out there like the ones that support TMT the ones that are over there they think it's like you guys are just against this science I think because they're looking why? at it from the perspective of what could be and the possibilities okay. of what this this telescope will find out in yeah but Kimiona it's going to find if anything supposedly it's going to find out where the universe started who gives a <laughs> shit and I mean, black like, holes and all yeah, the other different I mean, things that, that that truly aspire you know inspire yeah, people yeah but to, explain to this but farther. explain this then we are going to go find this stuff Yet the hypocritical thing, the hypocritical thing of it is that we're doing, we're destroying the culture, right? While we're going to try to find this, right? Over. <laughs> and I think that's one of the major <laughs> it arguments. Make any is sense to me. We're we're invested in so much into the future, the future of we're, science. We're not paying attention to the present, to the reality of of what the and conditions the of our world is in, and right. So you know, it's not a scientific issue as far no, as no, I don't believe I, it. I stand. I agree. Um, me too. And yet there there is, you know, there's a lot of conversation about whether or not this will hurt, will hurt science. And I don't think so. I don't think that it's choice to not be on you Mauna You mean Kea. the protesting. And the protesting and the it. choice of, if we, if you of could. TMT being yeah. here, right? And yeah. So, you know, it's, it's something that I think people need to really kind of find for themselves. It's not something that I can just say on paper here, these are the reasons, but you have to really connect to the purposes. And, and for me, there is a cultural significance. And I think that's a bigger picture that people need to recognize is that this is, this is the essence of Papa and Wakea, who are Sky Father that. and Mother Earth, and you know, Mauna Awakea is a, a cultural site. It's a it's a burial. There mm -hmm. are unknown amounts of burial sites up there. 
you know, and yeah. that's important to recognize. And that's why the desecration of this place is so frowned upon because we just do not know how many kupuna exist up there. How yeah. much evi or bones or... Evi kupuna. Yeah, evi kupuna. How much of that really exists up there? And now, is Mauna Kea a legitimate heiau? Is it a hei- Is it considered by the Hawaiians as a full-blown place of worship as a oh, whole? Absolutely. So, so it absolutely. is kind of like the biggest... Is it heiau or heiau? Heiau. Heiau. Is, hey is it like the largest heiau there is in Hawaii? I yeah, mean, well, is, I think, is that the way they look I at it? I think understanding, you know, there's there's heiau that existed for many, many different right. purposes. And, you know, this particular site holds cultural meaning. It holds cultural significance. It's, it's almost where you needed to go to get answers from... Akua. Akua, the gods, you yeah. know, and, and to yeah. best connect yourself to that. So... If you're thinking about heiau as a big, you know, stack of rocks, pile of rocks, and and, and in that capacity, that's not exactly what Mauna Kea represents. Okay. But I think on the the cultural standpoint, it is perhaps the largest, as you mentioned. Right, yeah. As far as just a gathering space for people to spiritually engage themselves, you know, and to culturally engage themselves. Um, That is the largest platform that there is. Right. So... Try to explain, you personally, or from what you've talked to with other Hawaiians, why is the construction so devastating to the Hawaiian people? As, as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, the need to build a platform that's going to hold an 18-story building means you need to rip up the ground. Okay. Right? And you're they may doing f- they so. May find, they may find Ivi Kapuna under the... They may find it and not even know it. They, yeah. They're already going to disrupt that whole the, land for yeah, them, you yeah. know. And, and we're not even talking about the, the, the more present impacts of the ecosystem, which is so, it, it, it is tremendously important to recognize like the biology of what happens up there. So many things are just there. You cannot find certain things anywhere else, like the VQ bug. It exists only there. So you, you could be seriously hurting that species. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Hawaii is is almost one of the leaders, if not the the leader in extinct animals and species, right? right? right. We, it's not a great thing to have on our on our plate. It's not something to boast about, but it's a reality call that this doesn't just impact things like Ivi Kupuna. It's it's almost like taking a gravesite of of someone you love, going to a gravesite and just ripping through it with no intention of taking care of what was just unearthed. Right. Now, it kind of explain this. Maybe you don't have the answer to this. Why is it that the Hawaiians have always buried their Eevee where there's no, like, headstones or... or, or, or th- is there, like, meaning... Be- do you know the answer yeah. to this? Yeah. Well, Talk, discuss that, so because my- people do not understand this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my own... I've read about things and why right. they didn't do it in the old days because they used the bones because the mana was in it. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about why, on your side, what yeah. what, what why? You know, what I grew up learning and recognizing is that on this particular topic, your energy, your spiritual energy, your mana, as we call it, your essence and all of those things, it exists through your bones, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. so in prior times, for example, if I were to going to battle with you and I killed you and I took your bones, I essentially absorb all the of mana. your power, your right, mana. Right, right, right. Exactly. And so mana represents a lot. It I represents know. so much. and It's in everything. It is. Yeah. And, and so to any individual 
you did not want that to just be for someone else to come and take because take, essentially yeah. they're taking all of you with them and they they benefit from that in a right, sense right? right and so my understanding of it growing up was always that that your bones carry your your essence and and the money that that it flows with and so when you were to be buried for example you didn't want anyone ever to find it right that's ever. interesting yeah because they, they always talked about no one even knows where king kamehameha is even right. buried they don't could want you it. imagine they, no. could you imagine someone, someone finding, finding his bones, his and making bones? weapons into them or right. whatever you know, and, no. and culturally, especially in our culture, you know, there's a lot of that, right? If I if I had killed you in the act of battle, I took your hair and I made it into a necklace or I took your bones or your teeth or whatever. And it represented that. And I think a lot of indigenous cultures have something similar yep. where, you know, we we wear that on us. And it, it represents the amount of power that I now hold because I've taken all of you yeah right, right. Um, why do so many Hawaiians feel it's their kuleana to protect this mountain which is their responsibility to mm-hmm. do this because yeah some Hawaiians got a million things going on and they're not right. there but then you have a huge amount who are still deep in the culture and they feel it's their kuleana right you know the the thing that sticks out to me when you ask that question is just identity and just recognizing that your if, people Yes, like, as, as a Hawaiian yes. people, as a as a culture, as a people, our kuleana is to perpetuate like right. anyone else, right? You want to perpetuate your your through your offspring, through your yes. people. You want to continue to grow who you are. And I think this has really been a call to action in terms of helping some people who may have struggled with that, you know, who are still yeah. struggling with this identity. This identity thing. This could have been a tipping point for them to recognize that, hey, I am going to be Some Hawaiian. Some of them have. Probably right. many of them have. And I'm going to... I struggled with that. Really? Why? 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 You know, recognizing that for years and years and years, there's been so much hurt about the annexation and all of that that took place. And it, it yeah. took place be- before my time. And I, I used to think growing up as a young child, ah, it doesn't matter because it's done already. I, I'm yeah. not impacted by that. And yet... I didn't recognize how much it, it held me back from wanting to seek truth mm. and wanting to be a part of a bigger conversation. Can and you discuss the annexation and with your family uh, background? Ha- at growing up, did you ever hear conversations of your own Kapuna and stuff and elders talking about that at all? Were, were they ever resentful? Did they ever talk about, oh, we need to move on for this or well, how we can move forward as a culture? There was there wasn't a lot of that conversation, um, okay. honestly, that took place. I think my grandma, my grandpa, who I was raised with, were very, um, they were very present in today and the reality that what is done is done. Yeah, you know, and how do we best move ourselves forward today? Um, I I grew up with a mindset thinking and believing that, hey, how how are we? How would we have made it? How would we have made it? Yeah. You know, yeah. would we have just been taken over by another country? It, it could have been worse, it could have been, been better. Yeah, it could you have know? been someone else. It's hard to say without really being at that point in time. I think the process again, it's it goes back to the process, you yeah, know, and yeah, that's yeah. that's really what starts a lot of this hurt is that we're living in a time where things of the 1800s are still happening to indigenous people, and I know I think recognizing that and and just the years that have taken place between then and now i think people are recognizing that it, i'm done we're done with that yeah we're done we're we done need with to that stand up and do something and we're this. gonna start really truly perpetuating things on a bigger pic you know on a bigger scale there, there may have been cultural practitioners and and those people who 
take culture in their ways and move them forward and to the best of their abilities, to the best of our abilities. But I think now as a larger group of people, people are recognizing that we, we're not going to be erased. Right. Good. Good. Our, now, see, the thing is, the government leaders who approve this project, they're not, yeah. Hawaii, they're not Hawaiian, right? Was there anyone in there that's Hawaiian that you know of? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't follow that Fully. Right, but um, I mean, I know that some Hawaiians do approve of this. Yeah, but absolutely. Do they approve of it for what is their reason for approving it? Is it because just it's really, really honest to God, this is something that Hawaii needs to move forward? Or is it that you know, they, I, they're I getting read, money in their pockets? Or I read a interview with a kupuna um, who is of Hawaiian descent, who supports the project. Okay. And she shared a very, very... Did you guys have a conversation? Not not myself. No, okay. I read it. I okay. read it. Um, but it was it was really eye opening because what she said was she wants to be able to give our future generation opportunities that did not exist for her, and I think that's a very respectable view to have on a project like this. Um, it didn't really go into a lot of conversation about how she felt directly, of course, because it's being posted and it's yeah. being printed they're not going to go into other right. things but it was just to highlight why she felt that way it didn't talk about how she felt about the land being dug up or you know those kinds of things but yeah. just to hear that it, it's respected you know and i think i think that's what kapuoloha represents you know mm-hmm. and when we think about it 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 represents truly understanding and just accepting that we're gonna have different perspectives hawaiian non-hawaiian alike and yeah. You know, I think that's what initially there was conversation. There was issue from the governor because there was this in-house fighting apparently that was taking what place up, up on the What is up with this mountain. thing that he did? He he did a national what was it? A declaration of emergency. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Did he brought he cut he brought that back now, right? I mean. Well, it still holds. So it still so holds. there could be so if things were to get a little ugly, they could call the national guard up there. Absolutely. That's gonna be. I think that just that's gives gonna him be the bad power news. to to. To pull in more resources, you know, yeah. um, and I, you know, I don't. My personal opinion on that is really just he saw the masses of people, yeah. and you know, I can I can kind of understand how needing more resources to help manage that amount of people. It, okay. it went from a few, you to know, thousands. dozen to a hundreds yeah. to thousands, thousands. Yeah. and so in and in just a matter of days. And so you can imagine having ten officers. You know, who are you there to work? Hundred to officers. thirty officers. Yeah. And now you need, you know, yeah. two hundred officers. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I can understand maybe the need to feel like, oh my God, I need to now get more resources now today, yeah. not one month from now, not go through right. this huge process of okay. of crap. And I think that's what I think that's what drove that decision because yeah. this emergency declaration gives him immediate power to make those yeah. decisions right here, right now, and, and do what he felt was the best thing for him. For the community at that point in time, yeah. So, what did these protests look like? You know, were they peaceful? I heard that they were very powerful when they did. Oh, what yeah. were they doing hakus? I mean, what, what what was going on up there? There was a lot of of sharing. Yeah, and and that's that's aloha. There was a lot of learning and teaching and bridging of different cultures and different people and different age groups it was a true gathering place like a lot of our culturally significant sites they are gathering places for our people to practice culture and identity that's something they've always done up there right and and this was yeah this was now i think probably the biggest that i've attended where you could just get up and your kids could run away and you wouldn't even worry about it you know not saying that 
who had kids running all over the place. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you had a sense of complete trust that other people would step up. It was very organized. And, and contrary to what was initially posted yeah, about all drinking, these people. People right, partying. I, I cannot emphasize how much in my, my days up there, how much just compassion, how much empathy, how much aloha, how much everything was encompassed in decision-making. You know, these people, Wade, were feeding the whole lahui. I heard there's a whole kitchen up there There now. is. And, yeah, and it's being everybody. led by volunteers yeah. who have accepted kuleana and taken the responsibility to Are they to feeding do. the duke here offices too? They have. <laughs> they have. They have. I know. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt culture. it. That's aloha. And, and, you know, there was a wonderful opportunity to just demonstrate that. And they were doing that in full length to yeah. truly show, like, we can be present and we can do it respectfully. Yeah. And then you have that question of, well... What if we're disrespected? What does that mean? And I think the greater story to that is just, even in those times of, of adverse emotion, we still have the ability to decide how we're going to behave and act. And I think if we carry ourselves at a higher level, it's going to reflect. Right, it'll reflect. You know, and I think that's really what happened when, when people started to see just the, the, the peace that was happening up there, the harmony that was yeah, happening up yeah. there, the g- gathering of people. And then we have this emergency declaration. It's yeah, it really it, it demonstrated to the world, if not, that we have peaceful protests happening, huh. a gathering of generations of people mm-hmm. and cultures. And I, I want to just highlight that because so many different things happen through social media, obviously, from different places in the world. But being present there, I witnessed a Japan mm-hmm. who performed, who gave part of themselves wow, in support. Wow, wow. Samoa was there. And wow. a lot of Polynesian, I think Polynesian cultures have really stepped up. Tonga had a huge showing, wow. you know, and these are indigenous peoples yeah. all over the world, you yeah, know, who are yeah. coming. New Zealand was there. Wow. And these are people in the flesh yeah. representing their country, representing their people, yeah. their identities, and sharing that with our Hawaiian culture. And there was so much learning and sharing of culture where you as a you know, this Maori group would perform or would offer chant and dance yeah, and yeah. and then our our kupuna essentially led the way in reciprocating that and demonstrating to the world that we can share our culture, which is a beautiful culture with these people of indigenous, of indigenous countries. And you, you don't, I think you, people have a hard time connecting to that. If you are not there in person, that to me was the most powerful thing that I saw was just this identity crisis issue. Yeah. And this desire and need and want to be and stay relevant has just driven so many people from around the world yeah. to stand firm. And that's what I want to talk about. How does the world feel about what's happening atop Mauna Kea? I can't speak for the, wor- the world, but what I can speak for is just how that's happened, how things have played on from different parts of the world. You know, when we're talking about people who are chiming in through social media, who are sending in monetary donations, who are encouraging uh, indigenous people to stand up, who are standing with Hawaiian people. I mean, that's, that's, a global, that's a global thing happening right now. And I think this really sets a precedence for how engaged we can be if we choose to be. And how it impacts every individual person is going to be very different. But I think what's truly visible is just 
the aspects of Kapu Aloha, Hawaiian culture, and the beauty of it, and how much we revere this site, how much we need our places like this, our cultural yeah. significant sites, our sacred places, to just be respected as sacred places. So, and considering being up there, yes, a lot of the police officers that made these arrests are Hawaiian too. Yeah. Or of Polynesian ancestry. Right. How do you think this is affecting them as well? Because I'm seeing them crying. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to, like you said, to be there in person, but just seeing the videos is powerful. I don't even think I could deal with being there. Right. Seriously. Like, what are these officers? They may be arresting some of their family members. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is, I mean, this is the U.S. government that's contributing to hurting Hawaiians, hurting Hawaiians. Right. That makes me, I'm very upset about this. Yeah, you know, there was conversations happening on the whims of people, exactly as you mentioned. There was a, again, this is an assumption, right? But there was this feeling of, wow, this this governor instituted this declaration of emergency and now has pit Hawaiians against Hawaiians. Yeah. And it was visible. And they take an oath. These people so, were from Hawaii yeah. County, and and that's that's a place I could never imagine myself being in. It's I I my heart goes out to everyone involved in that kind of thing because you have to make a very conscious choice on what you're doing, and that's gotta be a personal decision. I I had my own opinion of it. You know, if I was a an officer up upholding whatever I need to uphold from my job yeah. versus this cultural. Like, if you were in that situation, would you would you arrest your cousins? I don't think I could. How do you do that? Do you just... I, I imagine that the fellow officers would allow you just to step aside. I mean, what is your option, do you think, in that situation? I, I would not even know. I I personally... It's easy to say because we're yeah, not in that space, yeah, you know. Yeah. I truly believe for myself, one, if I was ever asked to be in that in, in that predicament, I, I want to say... And I want to say it, I think, fully believing in myself yeah. that I would, I would resign. I would leave that situation. <sighs> wow. That's a heavy, wow, heavy decision to is, make. That is. You know, so I, I compliment and take my hat off to these officers for fulfilling their duties to their job and trying to be as, as balanced in it. And that's a tough place. I... I yeah. I can't even imagine that, no, you know, and it's heartbreaking just to imagine what they're feeling. Yeah. Um, it was emotional to see it. Yeah. And I yeah. think, I think that's a tough, that's a tough call right there. Yeah. I, no matter and under any circumstance, I don't think I, I couldn't arrest my family members. Right. Uh, especially when they're fighting for something that they should be fighting for and it's the right, right thing to do. There's right. no way I'm going to arrest somebody for doing the right thing. Right. So I can understand what you're talking about, and I, I can imagine how difficult it is for those officers Absolutely. to make decisions like that. Absolutely. Um, God, it's crazy. So the Canary Islands, are yeah, the altern- Spain. Yeah, Spain uh, are the alternative site for TMT. If this continue, I mean, I just don't see this stopping, man. I, I don't know how the Hawaiians are going to stop this, but like, when is it going to come to the point where they're going to make a decision? Oh, you know what? <laughs> Let's just go to the Canary Islands. I mean, because this is just. But they've invested so much in Hawaii, right? I think so that's, that that's a problem. what. I think that's one of the root problems that we're facing is that there has been so much investment into this project that we we then might why not have even an alternative. Know. Why have an alternative then? So they they have prepared in case mm-hmm. something happens. Right. Canary Islands. Right. 
So maybe that is also giving the Hawaiians hope that if you just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, they'll just go. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I can't speak for the whole group of Hawaii and the people that are representing protectors up yeah. there. My personal feel on it is just, it's not about just pushing and pushing and pushing until they finally say, fine, enough, done, I'm done. Yeah. I think it's, it's about encouraging people who are making these decisions to take a step back truly just take a step back reevaluate whether or not this is like you said the right thing to do yeah you know and not take it from perspective of just a telescope right, right? and and that's one of the things you know um i want to share that I, it, one of the representatives that's up there is you know he's a he's in the political realm okay and he shared today something that to me was just it blew my mind because it was a matter of Balancing science with logic, right? Okay. And so he talked about there's already 13 telescopes. Yep. You want to push more. Okay. Okay. Um, and you want to do it on a sacred site. Okay. First and foremost, right? And then it just, you know, the way that the conversation or, or that his statement took place was just it unfolded to recognize that this truly is not even about science anymore. These are scientists saying, yeah, we're going to continue with this colonial mindset that we can just put this here irregardless of what you think. And that was powerful to me to recognize it in that, in that, in that form. Okay, you know? now the person who said this was, you don't have to say the name, but what is his relation to being up in the mountain? Well, he's one. He's a Native American. Uh, and, excuse me, a Native Hawaiian. Okay. Um, and a scientist. No, he's a he's a political leader. Oh, he's a political leader from Big Island. From or from here. He's. Uh, I think he's in Maui now. Okay. Okay. Um, but interesting. You know, it, it, yeah, and and just just his just his statement of that was incredible. Right. So they're just overlooking the Hawaiians' voices. Essentially, what's happening. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Hawaiians are so pissed off. Right. And they're upset of the fact that that's happening. Yep. But that's been happening for... For a long time. Hundreds. And I think it's a long time Over a hundred years. Right. Yeah. Long which time is too long. Right. And that's why it's too long. Is there anything those of us who are not Hawaiian can do to show our support, especially from the mainland? What, well, like, what, can, what can the people listening to this show do? I think there's think? a lot of things that people can do. Oh. Um, and, and partly, you know, one of those things to me is, first and foremost, educate yourself. Educate yourself on the project. You yeah. know, have a good understanding of the project. Both sides. Not just Both through sides. social media, but through, through actually the project work. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like you said, familiarize yourself with both sides of, of the issue. Yeah. Um, and then, you, you know, take a deeper look. Take a look at, at your own belief systems and what would you do if those belief systems were threatened. Right. You know, and exactly. And recognize from that perspective and before coming to a, such a quick judgment of that, you know, just having that that balanced conversation with yourself to understand, okay, I, I can see now this this happening. Yeah. Um, you can maybe see the side of why Hawaiians are doing this. Right. Now. Because right. like we have been talking about for the last hour, it goes way over Correct. TMT. Correct. It's, it, it's about what's been happening to all the Hawaiian islands and just the overpopulation, the over-tourism, the, yes. the, the, the large footprint that this is putting on Hawaii. Yep. And the Hawaiians feel like they're being encroached upon and that they don't have m- much of anything left that actually reminds them of their ancestry and mm-hmm. their culture. Well, it, it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. And, and it's not, to me, it's coming back. That's what I love. I love that. There are progressive steps happening that benefit the Hawaiian culture. You can progress forward 
Yes. By going backwards. Sometimes. You have to. I totally believe that. Yeah. Like the way the Hawaiians built their heiaus and their aquifers and their, their you know, all those things. We, you learn from the, from the past yes. to move forward into the future. Especially if we want to become more environmentally friendly. Taking on the way the Hawaiians built their apua'as and all those things. That's essential for us to progress today. Right. Because the way we're destroying our waterways and, and everything else, this is not friggin' sustainable. No. The, the, we, Hawaii is not going to be sustainable right. if we allow the governments here to continue to put tourism and greed over the culture of Hawaii. Sorry. I think that's really a, that's a, that's an indigenous mindset. You yeah. know, like in Hawaiian culture, we are connected to everything living. Right. Right. We are, we are cousins to the sea, to the fish, mm-hmm. to yes. the trees, to all of that, and, and we are of the same essence. And so, it's easier, I think, for for an indigenous person to understand and recognize that connection right um which makes it much more real for them mm-hmm. right and and you're right i think i think one of the the benefits of this is really it's allowing it's allowing us as a lahui to truly relive in the indigenous mindsets and apply indigenous thinking and and and, and do so in a way that's beneficial for us as a as a hawaiian race mm-hmm. as a hawaiian you know as a state of hawaii to yeah. progress and stay relevant but also to to hold true to what is important to us. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, going back to just how people can can be involved. Like I said, being informed is one of the greatest things, the greatest powers you can do for yourself. You know, there's uh, many different things happening. There's a lot of um, conversation talking about this Kahea fund and or this bail fund, right? Um, oh, so there's a fund like on GoFundMe to help the Kapuna and there, everybody there up is, there. There okay, is, okay. there is, there are ways to donate monetarily. Okay, um, so can do you know the information? I, I don't have on it right that? off the top okay, of my head. No, okay. but okay. but there are there are things, and and I just also want to caution. You know, like yeah. it's times like this that people take advantage of certain things yeah you know and so really do your research if you're looking to be involved in that way i think one of the greatest most powerful ways that we have seen and that i personally have just lit up seeing is that people are holding space peacefully Mm -hmm. wherever they are to recognize and to demonstrate that their stance on this issue is in support of the Hawaiian people. Now, if you're, let's say you're from the mainland, you're on vacation, you want to show, show your support to the Hawaiian people, you love Hawaii, you want to continue to see the Hawaiian culture flourish, yeah. will the Hawaiians up there accept you to pull your car the hell over and spend a couple of days with them up there? Absolutely. Can you explain Absolutely. that? Because some people are a little nervous or a little fearful of right. like how they how how a holly is going to be treated as long as but they're up there supporting you. Right. To talk about that. You know, it. I I I want to just put it out on the record that if the mindset you have as an individual is that I can't go there because I'm not Hawaiian, get that out of your mind okay. because there's nothing up there that says anything about or or is present about us not welcoming any one person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. That is not our culture okay. at all, you know, and it's been portrayed like we have this dislike, this strong hatred for people from the outside. And, yeah. you know, we may have had a few bad apples through the years demonstrate mm-hmm. that. And there's a lot of hurt, obviously, with that perspective. Yeah, I was up there with people who are not Hawaiian. Okay. I saw for myself people, they live in Hawaii, yeah. but they're not Hawaiian. Yeah. And yet they stand... In front 
Mm. You know, and these people just are truly there to share in that love for this idea of cultural space and mm-hmm. cultural identity, right? Okay. And it may not flow through their blood, but I can tell you there are so many examples of people who are up there who have no Hawaiian in them, blood-wise, DNA-wise, mm. but have everything about Hawaii present in the way that they conduct themselves, in the way that they think, in the way that they love and mm. share. That is aloha. And I would, I would welcome anyone to, to get up to the mauna if you are Hawaiian, non-Hawaiian, resident, non-resident. But you, you also got to be ready for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't want to just say, yeah, just take a tour bus and go up there. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. You need to be present in, in the issue. You need to be conscious of what this means to us as a people and what it means to the world and what it means to TMT and so many different things. You have to be ready to absorb that because yeah. you're going to get a lot of that. You will be treated with aloha. Yeah. And at the same time, you are held at a standard of reciprocating that aloha. Right. Right? Yeah. It is always a give and a take. Yeah. And that is a kuleana. That's a responsibility that, that even I as a Hawaiian had to take time to center myself and say, am I ready for this trip? Because yeah. if I'm going up there with the wrong intent, I, I'm not serving anybody. Right, right. You know, and I may threaten everything about this. And that's why this kapu aloha, the, the rules that Pu'uhuluhulu have up there, it's, it's designed to give people the option. Yeah. Are you ready to participate in this? Because this is greater than just you yeah. making a decision on McDonald's or Jack in the Box. Yeah, right, you know what I mean? Of it, it is a true, a sensitive decision that you have to be ready for. And, and yet, the culture up there that is being shared with whoever comes. Yeah. Look at the way that they embraced the rock, but also look at the way that they embraced the mayor. I know, true. The way that they embraced the lieutenant governor. Y- yeah. You know, there was no need for armed bodyguards yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah, because yeah. that is not what Kapoaloha represents. Right. You know, safety of our people, perpetuation of the culture, all of that exists there. And again, you need to be ready for that if yeah. you decide that you're moved to be there. Right. You know, I can, eat, I can only hope that people, wherever they are, wherever you are today listening, take it upon yourself to just connect yourself to something greater than what you're doing today. Yeah, greater than you yourself. Know? And, and if you're ready for that, by all means. Do it. Go. It's been a do couple it. of days up it, there. You, you will be rewarded full fully by just the experience of connecting and just the love and and the sharing and the opportunities you know we went from kupuna elders being chained to a cattle guard to having cultural learning taking place by cultural leaders every single day yeah you know we're we're reciprocating our love for the land through every avenue we can up there sustainability we're talking about you know truly taking care of our responsibilities to these places and that's a huge opportunity for anyone hawaiian non-hawaiian resident non-resident you know i i urge people to get involved and to to take a stand up there and and see for yourself so to end this let's talk about in your vision what do you see will be a good compromise for you, let's say, and just for the Hawaiian people that are up there protesting every day, what do you think can put this to rest? What, what form of compromise would you accept and do you think the Hawaiians would accept? Do you have any, like, what, if you pictured it, you'd be like, like okay, that's a good compromise. Let's do that. My, my na'au, 
my yeah. my my gut mm-hmm. tells me that through my experiences in in the years past, through my experience on the Mauna most recently, that the best possible outcome, and this might sound selfish, but the best possible outcome would be for TMT to relocate their project. Okay. Okay. And that's just the, that's just the, the but that's start. not a, that's not a compromise though. That no, that's not. The compromise to that concept, to mm-hmm. me, is what will take place afterwards. For example, we have 13 telescopes there. Yeah. There have been a lack of commitment by landowners, obviously, to, to decommission okay. what's happening there. Right. I think the compromise would be that Hawaiians, the state, mm-hmm. can, can reinvest in maybe what is currently there. You know, can really highlight and and bring life to the what's thirteen there. that are there. You know, I I think that's a compromise, and why, the, re- the reason why why I think do they why do they want to why are those some of those supposed to be decommissioned? Do you know why are they just uh, obsolete now? Well, my understanding it? of what was uh, through the management of yeah. the land was that you know there was some built, and as others were wanting to come up, there was this understanding of. Or, or expectation that to build this one, you need to remove this. And it would never happen. And They're it didn't sitting. happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, when we're talking about that, that's that's all goes, goes back to credibility, integrity. And that's a worry of the Hawaiian people that Absolutely. they're just going to do this and they're not going to do that Absolutely. like they've been doing. Absolutely. So you don't think the compromise could be, let's remove these two and then that huge footprint that those two are on, let's put the TMT there. If TMT could perhaps replan the impact so Mm -hmm. if the impact is zero i I think that's a compromise yeah so if it were just to take over two or three spaces of the other three right like let's say it removed the three that they're supposed to decommission and just put the big one over those three spots well you're still going to move land so if we're talking about this concrete slab well well, you got to right but i mean you're not putting it you're not creating a new concrete slab i mean you're kind of placing it on top of those three Right, but uh, you know, you if, you've, gonna, if you've never been be up tough, to Mauna Kea, just recognize it's, it's, it's like huge. these, these they're far away from each other. They, yeah, they're not <laughs> right next to each other. They're not built concrete no, slabs. They're not right next to each <laughs> no, other. So that concept doesn't well, really work. Right? I know. Well, maybe it would take up the space of two up there or something. But right. it would. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, you. I think if yeah, see, for me, I'm like some kind of compromise would be well. You can desecrate the space between those two, but at least you're not creating another whole desecration of this whole new area that's going right. to take up six football fields. Right. I don't know. I, I it's uh, who is it up to? Can you can you, do you know who it's up to? Like who is who is going? Because I I've been seeing in a lot of these videos. I don't know his name, but there's a young Hawaiian that's doing a lot of talking. Yeah, Kahoi Kaika. Okay, who does he represent? Does he represent the Kapunas? I mean, who is he talking for? Do do we know? I think you know the way that I interpret what he He's does. He's very intelligent. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He knows the law. I I think, and you know what? I I, I apologize. I don't know the name right off the yeah, top of my yeah. head. But I think essentially he speaks to the Lahui, or he speaks okay. for the Lahui that supports okay. this effort. But I assume know. he's sitting there and talking to the Kapunas before he goes and sp- spills something. And there are other leaders up there, right? Right. You but know, he's the and face he's not the there. only person. But there yeah. are many other people that yeah. hold space in that in that capacity. And, and, you know, have these conversations and, and 
they there's also a greater group of people. Right. You know right. what I mean? The Royal Order of Kamehameha is up there. And Oh, okay. And that's a big deal. Didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a big deal. Okay. Um, is that kind of like the long bloodline lineage of like, they're not Kamehameha's, but it's at some point the bloodline is there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and it just, it's it's like the Knights of the Round Table kind cool. of situation too. So, didn't know that. You know, um, just, just their presence, just to have the Royal Order there. The Royal Order. That is incredible. Damn, I didn't even know. Look them up. Look them up. The Royal Order of Kamehameha. Never knew this. They. This is new to me. Their presence there is. Can you one. tell? Like, do they wear something? Oh, absolutely. Do they? Well, who are those guys up there with the red things on? That is them. no shit. Yes. That's with pretty powerful. Black suits yeah, on. That's them. Yes. That is scary. And their cloaks. <laughs> right. I was like, who the hell? Are-? They were surrounding the rock. Absolutely. They had and all they been surrounded the rock. They sanctioned that space to to exist wow. in its current form that is nuts i didn't this is new to me yeah it, there's that's pretty so powerful. much to learn it is and that's what i mean like we take we take cues from people like them yeah. right and what they represent to our okay, culture okay and then you have the kupuna and and the relationships yeah. that each of these leaders have built over the the years you know we've connected through this this issue there's been a connection of generations of work wow. you know so then when, who, I mean, someone's going to sit down at a table with whoever's doing the TMT in the state, and they're going to well, make... Well, don't forget UH now. UH, UH is in has this conversation, I know, UH, too. because they, yeah. they the pushed this for a long there. time. Right. Um, so they're in this conversation, and they sit down, they have this big talk, they come, to, they come to some kind of compromise, or they or they at least have, they have like, okay, we have A, B, and C, and D we can do. Right. And then somebody takes that and goes to the Kapunas and to the Kamehamehas and and they say no or they say you know what number three ain't bad you know I I, That's I kinda, don't know I don't know I don't either. know the bargaining and, and the it's conversations crazy. that yeah, take place yeah, there yeah. I don't know the specific players that need to be in that conversation yeah um, but I think as as a native Hawaiian it's important for us to even just voice where we are yeah you yeah. know and and um, respect that these people, you know, if we're following these people, for example, these leaders up there yeah. on the Mauna who yeah. are setting this precedence, who are connecting to their past, who are yeah. connecting to the future. Yeah. I think through that, we have to build that trust in them that they mm-hmm. are making the right decisions for us through their actions and right. through their words. And, yeah. and we have a responsibility to uphold those same actions and words, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. me personally, I don't. Like I said, I don't know if they come into a, a, a conference room and only six people sit and make the decision. Yeah. I don't I don't know. You don't know. That, you yeah. know? And um, I'm not privy to to being sitting in that, that right. realm. But I um, assume in the next like the, the you know, they have in this uh, moratorium over the next sixty days, right. I assume there's gonna be conversations like that I hope with so. groups of people in a room. I hope so. To try to figure out what they're going to do about this. Right. Because the world's looking. I mean, uh, the, everyone's saying uh, the world is looking yeah. at Hawaii right now. And, and you know, I, I, I want to believe and I hope, truly hope that those conversations take place with all people. Yeah. Not just those who are up there to protect the Mauna, but also those that support the project. I you agree. Know? Yeah, and, everyone should be at the table. And I, I think definitely, you know, that's going to be, I think that's, that's what I personally am hoping the world can also witness. I, I, I would love nice? to see the world witness that conversation yeah. and and hopefully, you know, that, that gives us a better direction of where we're headed. Because yeah. right now, things are just up in the air. Right, right. You know, and yes, there is this moratorium of, of 60 days that, that's, you know, considered or will be considered. And, and then there's this concept of the mayor making a promise that if, if 
you know, I'll promise that no one goes up there if you just remove that whole whole camp. I mean, en- that's encampment. Yeah, that's a uh, what? I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, you, so <laughs> literally, you have to kind of like you just have to go on blind faith that Mr. Kim is going to do this, and then who knows? Because all I know is if the whole, I mean, if the Hawaiians decide to trust him and do this, and then trucks are going up, I think it's, I think you're going to a whole new level now. Absolutely, I think I think that would be the biggest mistake that the state could ever make absolutely and i agree it's just gonna go like i think people are gonna get out of control yeah i mean it's gonna get bad because now I, you're just, I you think just it's, continue, it's gonna continue it's lying it's right, just insane right and again that's why we we want to really press that we should all be holding ourselves to a higher level of accountability right whether we're in leadership or not right you know that we have our kuleana responsibility to the greater outcome yeah. you know and and whether or not that means one side loses that's I mean, it's not like the Hawaiians don't know billions of dollars are at stake. They, right. I mean, they know this. Absolutely. They know that there's a lot. Um, they know the world is looking at this, and they know a lot's on the line. Right. It's not like, the oh, yeah, I, I, we want 100% what we want, and you get nothing. Right, and I, I mean, think that's just recognizing that we as a people do not have a price tag. Right. You know? It's I, never been about price. We have been priced out. R- we right. have had a cost applied to our, our well-being, our culture, our identity. Yeah. We are a commodity, and I think we're sick of that. You know? Yeah. I mean, you've been being used for way too long now. Right. And the thing is, is but the, all the people that come here to Hawaii and spend their vacations or come here for travel, they are all supporting the Hawaiian people because there's something here in these islands, that Aloha spirit, and it's not bullshit, it's real. Yeah. That Aloha spirit, and they all sense it, and they all feel for the Hawaiian people. And that's why the Hawaiians are getting so much support from around the world, because so many people have been here and feel it and see the people. Right. And they feel for the people and what's going on here how's that yeah <laughs> i mean it's deep and that's that's you know i think that's just that is just what what this this whole conflict uh and it's you know even conflict conflict is a really really harsh word to use i, I don't know what pretty, the right yeah, word is yeah, that's, it's not i don't you think know, it's that it's yet. not a conflict we're not, not at war right you know right, right. um it's 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 just we have it's a difference of opinions. There's differences, you know. There's differences. Yeah, I think that the Hawaiians were brought in earlier, and they would just they really listened to the Hawaiian people and worked with them. Then this would have never happened. Yeah, from the beginning, absolutely. And just said, you know, we'll, we can do this. We'll do this. You do that, and th- we wouldn't be here. Right. So, but and and you know, I think, I, and I'll say this because I I do share this with people who are Hawaiian. We have a responsibility that's even greater than what's happening now. And, and oh, okay. I want to say that out loud, okay. too, that my stance on this perspective is, one, enough with the crying about all these other things, okay? Like, yeah. We have to truly recognize, like, we cannot pick and choose what part of the, the table we want to eat from. Like, yeah. we can't pick off of two tables. That's what my mom teaches me, and that's what she tells me all the time. In regards to this topic and many other topics, you cannot pick, you cannot eat off of two tables. Right. So... You accept full responsibility in the capacity that you're expected to. So if we're going to go up here and we're going to fight for the Mauna, fight for your community as well. Fight for the spaces that exist in that, you know. And I, I say that to to people who may not be aware that there is a greater responsibility that we're carrying. Your responsibility does not end once you leave the Mauna. Right. And it should not, right. you know. Yeah. You should be living in Aloha Aina always, yeah. in my opinion. Right. To the best you. of your ability. You mm-hmm. know, we're not all cultural practi- practitioners. We yeah. cannot all engage ourselves in every aspect of Hawaiian culture and immerse ourselves. If that's a calling for you, that's a calling for you. Yeah. 
But to stand on the mauna or stand in, in, in space and hold space for this aspect, but then go right around and just, ah, I'm not going to do that today. That to me is really hurtful. It's, it's detrimental yeah. to our progress. It doesn't help what we're trying to accomplish. Right. And, and that's something I struggle with every day, believe it or not, every really? day. Okay. Because I see culturally significant sites that even our own people, you know, we have a misunderstanding of how to manage yeah. and and that's what i mean it's not one person is just wrong it's it's just how do we reconnect to the, the aspects of indigenous learning right. right and and apply it to today and that's yeah. what i mean when we talk about really trying to understand the the, the greater picture right. right and and a lot of people are saying that now it's not just about a telescope it's not no, it's, it's about it's a culture been. it's about right. a lifestyle it's about a choice it's it's about a being and, and an identity and and so many different things but you cannot only take parts of it. Right. I and agree. that's I think that's my message is that you have to accept it in full, you know. It's Whichever great, way you go. Yeah, yeah. It's a great message, Camiona. Yeah. I uh, appreciate you for coming on. Thanks. And doing this yeah. for everyone because this is gonna be an eye opener for a lot of people that don't really know what's going on. They see it from afar. Right. And uh, now they can get a little more educated on it and understand it a little more. And once they hear this, then they can see kind of the view of uh, how I feel personally but how a Hawaiian feels. And then they go ahead and do their own research. But at yeah, least this absolutely. gets them involved. Again, it's the concept of Makavalu, right? Yeah. It's, it is just my own perspectives on things that are happening within this community, how it impacts me. And that's just another data point. Yeah. Right? We're, look, look, we're using science again, right? Yeah, <laughs> but right, right. That's just another data point that gives someone yeah. a better opportunity to make a better decision and a conscious decision. Yeah. And, and do so in a way that connects them to something greater. Right. Is there anything that we can... With, I'm not going to do a shoot. Is there any way that we can end something? Is there some kind of prayer or any kind of thing that we can say for Mauna? Anything, know, any any kind of Hawaiian, anything that you can come up with? Anything? I hate to put you on the spot. No, I, well, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that's obviously one of the the most repeated lines right now is yeah. just kukia i mauna. Okay. Right? Kukia i mauna. And what that essentially means is just stand firm. Stand mm-hmm. firm protectors like, like the of mountain. the mountain. Yeah, protectors yeah. of the mountain. Okay. Stand firm, be firm, right? Ku, rise up and stand firm. For the kia'i, the protectors, Mauna being the mountain. Right. So, again, it not being just about a mountain, you could be ku kia'i honua, right? Protectors of this world, oh, stand okay. up protectors of this world. Um, but I, I think that's, that is the message that is just rippling through. So it's ku kia mana. Ku kia'i mauna. Ku kia'i. Kia'i mauna. Ready? Ku kia'i mauna. Damn. Close I think enough. I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Kimiona. Alrighty, okay, mahalo. Aloha. Aloha. Aloha.
When you speak of Allah, it's all the above. But all the good, yeah? So that obviously a right way range. Aloha. Whether it's Pono, Mikai, still the same. I don't care how you look at it, it's still Aloha. Be Pono, be righteous. Shine 